Hello and welcome to the Six Ways from Sunday podcast. This show is all about human stories of spirituality and usually it's a casual conversation over a cup of coffee between myself and either our uh, Reverend Robin King who's here in Basha with me today or every other episode is with a special guest. So two weeks ago we had on as our guest Brady Wilson who shared his incredible story of his own spiritual journey and today Robin's back with me at the Basha United Church. Robin, welcome back. Hey Ben. And today uh, we kind of thought we would just have a bit of conversation about this post-Easter season that we're in. You were saying a minute ago that Easter itself is sort of a season, right? It's not just... It's a tide. What do if you mean? you're British, it's a tide. A tide. Yeah. Church of England uses the expression Easter tide. Oh, okay. Well, actually, that's not true. Lots of lots. I think lots of denominations say Easter tide, but it's just a way of reminding people that uh, Easter isn't a day. In fact, uh, oh, I can't think where I just saw this. Um, uh, in fact, I've seen a few times just recently. But s- somebody had had posted, uh, "Easter isn't a day; it's a way." Oh, I like that. And I like that. I like that. I think it's really cool. Well, well we usually celebrate the the week leading into Easter, and we call that. Holy Week. That's a right. that's a commonly a common term, like for that that seven days leading into Easter Sunday, where we sort of follow the events that leaded that led up to the crucifixion and the resurrection in a chronological order in real right. time, sort of right? right. But then, where do we go from there? Where do we go after Easter Sunday? Uh, we we don't leave for three weeks. It turns out. Um, actually, I was I was talking about this last week that that there's a uh, and it's connected to the whole idea of there being uh, the Sunday after Easter being Holy Humor Sunday, is uh, in some traditions, particularly in the Eastern traditions, um, the week after Easter is called Bright Week. And the idea is to celebrate the joy and laughter of, of Easter um, the whole week. And, and the way they do that is to treat the week as if it's one long continuous Easter day. Hmm. And that plays a little bit into how we uh, handle the lectionary because, of course, the Sunday after Easter is... Uh, and I just said that really badly, and I'll come back to that in a second. Um, that uh, second Sunday of Easter uh, is uh, always the story of Thomas, which occurs kind of on the same day and then a little later. Um, and so it, it, it's, a, it's a great way to remind people that, that Easter isn't just a day. Uh, another way is, and the church is often really fussy about this, uh, there's a difference between um, Sundays after and Sundays of, right? And so if you have a major festival and then you have a Sunday after it, it's usually the Sunday after, like Epiphany, the Sunday after mm. Epiphany. Um, and But Easter, it's Sundays of Easter, and therefore they number according to the first Sunday being one. So the week after Easter is actually Easter 2. Okay. Not, not the Sunday after, the first Sunday after, but the second Sunday of. of the season and it of sounds all tremendously fussy, I know. Uh, and it is, except, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, I, sometimes I think it's good to be reminded that something isn't just a day. Uh, and, and not in that way that we always so flippantly use, where we remind people that Christmas isn't just a day, it's every day kind of thing. Um, but to remind people that there's an opportunity to explore it more. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a great thing about Easter, because... Of course, the story of the day is the tomb is empty. Yeah. Jesus is alive. And 
we are often really quick to turn that turn that into uh, Jesus is alive in you, right? The spirit of Jesus is alive. But in fact, the stories are all about how Jesus is physically alive. It's right. a physical resurrection, right? Um, the 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 women who encounter Jesus, in fact, when Mary doesn't recognize him because she thinks he's a gardener, because she's not expecting him to be alive, the first thing he says is, don't touch me yet. <laughs> um, but but then when he appears to the disciples, the first thing he says is, Here, see my wounds, touch them, touch me. And uh, when he meets the guys on the road to Emmaus, right, that famous story where they don't recognize him, until he does something, he breaks bread. Mm. Until he does something where they, they recognize him. Uh, the disciples uh, don't recognize Jesus on the seashore. There's all of these stories. Um, and I particularly like the Luke one uh, where uh, Jesus appears in the room. The door's locked. He appears in the room with all the disciples, right? And, uh, and he says, uh, it's me. I'm not a ghost because they think he is. Right? I don't know what the word for may I don't know what the word for ghost is in first century Hebrew, but um, but we translate it as a ghost, a spiritual man- manifestation, right? Yeah. I'm not. I'm real. Here's my wounds. Touch me. And then he says, uh, "Can I have something to eat?" Because everybody knows ghosts can't eat food, right? So again, <laughs> physical. Very fit. It's all about the physical Jesus. And so what does that mean to us who weren't there? Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, the thing is, it's, it's, uh, this is a good moment to maybe to remember it's a story. We, didn't, we don't need to be there. It's a story. We can imagine ourselves in the story, but we didn't need to be there. It's a story. And part of the story is that those who did see him saw him physically alive. Not, not whole, he's still wounded, right? Mm-hmm. He's wounded by his... And, and that's an important thing to remember, I think, because we, we all live that way. We are wounded by our experience. We, we carry, carry the marks our of our experience, scars right? scars and our wounds with us, yeah. And so there's, there's step one of being phys- physically connected to Jesus, not just spiritually but physically connected to Jesus. See how Jesus is just like us? Oh, by the way, Jesus is just like us. <laughs> We're just like Jesus. And think about, think about also the, like the stories of the uh, Christmas stories, right? The incarnation, which literally means becoming human. Yeah. Right? That, and we, Emmanuel, God with us. Mm-hmm. Um, the word made flesh. The birth of a child right? Jesus is human. And, and, and again, I like, I always come back to that, that, uh, that thing about how Jesus isn't just to be worshiped and held, you know, at a distance, but to be held close and embraced because he's human. And, and that's so important because Jesus shows us that we too are both divine and human, Right? There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing in the teaching of Jesus in the demonstration of living that Jesus gives us that indicates we can't do that. Right. There just but isn't. It, but it is such a difficult thing to try to wrap your head around 
And yeah. maybe that's why we need more than one Sunday to think about it. <laughs> well, yeah. So, like the first, uh, we had the Thomas story. Uh, well, this year, at any rate, we had the Thomas story. We, we, we get the Easter story, right? The women come to the tomb, um, you know, after the guys ran away and the women stayed. Yeah. Let's be clear. Um, the women come to the tomb. Uh, we have that piece of the story. This uh, second Sunday this year, we get Thomas. Um, from the Gospel of John, the third Sunday we get Luke, um, and then we go into a series of stories um, about um, how we might perceive our personal relationship with God, right? Um, uh, the Good Shepherd, the Vine, all mm -hmm. that that kind of stuff. All those metaphors, but that that happens kind of every year. There's there's a variety of of stories because they all cover it, right? All four Gospels have stories of Jesus, uh, resurrection, and um, there's also the Road to Emmaus story, which we don't get this year, but uh, it's also a very familiar one. The one about the disciples having gone back to fishing because they, they didn't know what else to do. They might as well go fishing. That's what we do, isn't it? We're fishermen. And Jesus appears on the shore, but they don't recognize him, right? Uh, again, it's, it's all about not just being able to recognize Jesus because you weren't expecting him to be there, but also about seeing uh, and recognizing the physicality of Jesus. Um, how is Jesus alive? I don't have an answer for that. I'm not exactly sure what the physiological answer to that is. Um, but that's another piece of this too. Wh why, why do I need to know that? Hmm. Once I know that, I'll be done with this story. That's why we don't need to know it. Because we should never be done with this story. We well, should still always have that element of mystery and miracle. Right? I agree. I also though think that even if you were a person who just absolutely could not wrap your head around it and and can't even accept or believe that that he was physically resurrected and his, that his body came back to life and was breathing again after the crucifixion, even if you thought, well, you know, Jesus was a real guy. I totally, you know, recognize that he was this amazing leader and teacher and rabbi and historically important person. Do I think that he physically uh, came back to life after being killed on the cross? Eh, can't, can't, can't really do that part of it. Even if you were someone who held that position, that I don't think needs to take away from the story. Like that is what the whole religion of Christianity is based on: is that that he was that he was that he is the resurrected Messiah, right? Sure. Like the resurrection is kind of the whole linchpin of the whole thing. But even if you, even if you were someone who thought, yeah, I don't believe that part of it, that doesn't mean that the whole life and teachings of, of Jesus and Jesus as a spiritual and physical being yeah. would have to have any less power. Um, I'm going to say sure to that. Um, just on the basis that, of the way that we use the word resurrection. Um, there, there was a time when I'm thinking back to like the 70s, the 1970s, Ben, not the 1870s, um, when we used expressions like we're a resurrection people. Right. Right. Um, and uh, I, I, remember, I remember hearing that a lot in the 70s and 80s in particular. Um, but I also remember people kind of challenging that a little bit and saying, that's assuming that, and you should never assume, but that's assuming that um, everyone understands the word resurrection the same way. And the way we tend to use it, because we're, you know, Christians, uh, it, it, 
becomes this all-encompassing thing that doesn't just mean the empty tomb, it also means the death, right? It means, it, and for some people, it means the sacrifice, the atonement, um, something right. that I'm not, uh, atonement is not, I'm not, that's not on my, in my book, um, but it still is for lots of people. That that word resurrection has become this one big sort of all-encompassing word that yeah. seems to take in the whole story of Jesus and the whole, you know, all of this stuff. Um and, and that's not actually, that's that's given it a lot more baggage than it should get, is, <laughs> is what we're doing. Um, the word resurrection, like, literally means uh, rise or stand up again. Right. Right? Again. Yeah. And to resurrect. To, to rise again. Yeah. And, and that's, and... Uh, we're so we're so lucky that we live in a part in the part of the world where we have Easter at springtime, uh, because that's exactly what's happening, right? In Life. fact, in some ways, that's kind of what's happening to us in, in the context of the pandemic, right? Is that, um, that we've made kind it through? Of, I think just recently, I kind of said I think we're kind of on Saturday, right? We're we're on the we're that we're the Saturday of Holy Week. We're right. we're not really sure what's coming next. We're kind of still stuck back with the. Um, I felt for a while there like we were we were coming to Sunday, um, but then you know third wave right, yeah. and suddenly we're taking a step back. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I would I, I would very emphatically say yeah we're we're coming to spring, um, this springtime. It doesn't seem like we are. It seems like our springtime of the pandemic uh, will be probably you know late summer going into the fall. Um, <laughs> But we which have, will work great if you live in Australia. Um, but but you're, you're still right that we, with each like like you said, this is the third wave. With each wave of this pandemic, we rise again. We rise again. We this this uh, resiliency of the human spirit and of our culture and society shows that we have this uh, determination to to come back stronger. And I, I'm sure I have faith that we're going to see small businesses yeah. rise again so, and. That's and the Rankins, right? Am I right? That song. We rise again. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 see, I'm gonna have to get that out again now. That's a great uh, song. Because it's a great song. That is a great song. Um, and but yeah, that's and and that's that's again why having a physical connection to the store, like um, even even if even if we don't see the physical Jesus, I'm looking at him right now. Um, the don't don't look around, Ben. Uh, th- this this is the th- the thing is that we we think we're talking about Jesus is alive in us because you know it's a spiritual thing, you know. But it's not just a spiritual thing. If it were only a spiritual thing, we wouldn't worry have to worry about doing any of the stuff, right? We wouldn't have to worry about feeding the poor or caring for the sick or or loving our our enemy as much as our neighbor, um, or or loving everyone because they're everyone is our neighbor we wouldn't have to worry about that quite so but there that quite so much um rented lips sorry um we wouldn't have to worry about that if it were just a spiritual thing but it's not it's real it's it's physical it has a sort of physiological aspect to it um we are the hands and feet of christ right uh uh teresa of, of, of avila i think so where um, who he originally sh- said that? Where Jesus shows up in the world is physical people physically yeah, doing exactly. Exactly. Jesus-ing. It's not just a spiritual thing. It's not just 
oh, nice warm fuzzies to say, uh, Jesus is alive in you. Jesus is alive in you in all the hard work you need to do now. Yeah. To do, uh, to do that, that, that work of bringing love into the world. Um, that's why, that's why that, the, the story having that physical aspect to it is so important. Otherwise, why wouldn't Jesus just appear as a ghost? Why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he, why wouldn't he appear to the disciples uh, and to anybody in those days after, uh, after the resurrection of the resurrection, days of the resurrection? Uh, why wouldn't he appear just as uh, he appears in the story where Saul, uh, Saul is on the way to Damascus and meets Jesus on the road? A blinding light, he hears a voice. Why? Why do we need the physical Jesus in the Easter story? And I think, I think that's part of it. I think that that we need to remind ourselves that there's a physical aspect to being Jesus in the world. Hmm. Uh, it also connects us to the fact that the story is about a physical being. The whole life story isn't about a spiritual Jesus. It's about somebody who was born, grew, lived, and most importantly, lived love in the world in a way that shows us that love, that divine and humanness is in all of us. Yeah. And, and we can do it too. There is nothing that Jesus does in showing us how to uh, love one another. There's nothing that Jesus does that we're not capable of. We, do, we, do we do it perfectly all the time and are we ultimately always successful? No. But are we then, you know, do we get treated differently by God because we failed at it? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's, that's part of Jesus' humanity, too, is the, uh, understanding that as a real person, he, had, he was living out, uh, he was living in relationship with other humans and was going through all the same challenges and stumbling blocks and mistakes that that we would experience yeah. and the same fears and the same insecurities probably and I, I get i get that you know the stories were all written to reflect um a certain level of of uh um solemnity and reverence and you know all that stuff yeah i get that um but i also get that there's huge holes in those narratives um it's, I think it's great that we have a single verse that says Jesus wept, so we know Jesus cried. We have a story that indicates that Jesus gets angry. That's good to know. N not one story where it says Jesus laughed. Not one story where it says, you know, Jesus sent the food back because he didn't like it. Um, <laughs> not one story that says, oh, there's a story. Uh, oh, actually, there is a story. Uh, there's a story where he shares wine, so we know he drinks. Um, but, but like, it's, it's like when they were writing the stories down, they consciously avoided any opportunity to indicate humanity. Um, and, and sure, I can, I can see why you might do that initially. Um, but I, we're not, I don't, we're not supposed to worship Jesus. We're supposed to be Jesus. If anything, we're supposed to worship God, but we're supposed to we're supposed to be Jesus. Um, when we when we turn that into something that we can hold at a distance, you know, then we're we're not we're not doing what we need to do. Mm. Um, and it's almost a form of letting ourselves off the hook. Yeah, 
because if you hold them up on this pedestal as this unattainable, you know, the mm-hmm. bar of, you know, to be Jesus, well, that's, he's way up here, we're way down here, it's impossible, it's the great divide, so why? We do that with each other already, what right? Do you mean? I mean, we do, we do that with each other already. I'll never be as good as so-and-so. Oh, yeah. So-and-so isn't as good as me. Where there's that whole comparative thing, right? Yeah. Um, and and it's it's part of, uh, sadly, often part of how we figure out ourselves is by comparing ourselves to each to others, right? <laughs> yeah. And we n- more often than not don't compare favorably, um, or or we do, and therefore that person doesn't, right? And so it's it's not a connecting thing, it's a dividing thing, um, and and. That's that's not what we're supposed to be about. We're supposed to be about engagement. And that's why the stories of Jesus, it's so important to remember that that you don't look at a story of Jesus and go, oh, I can never do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You absolutely can. Right? It doesn't mean it's going to be easy, and especially the loving your your enemy thing um, or or forgiveness. That's another one that's, you know, it's not easy. It doesn't mean you can't. Yeah might be harder than walking on water sometimes. Well, you can probably do that too. Uh, what's his name? Uh, David Blaine uh, does it. Uh, and, and okay, it's a trick. But, I, and I'm not suggesting that Jesus did it as a trick. I am actually suggesting he did it as a trick. But, but the, the point of a trick like that isn't to, to just evoke awe and wonder. It's to... To, and go, ooh, that's amazing, I could never do it. It's to evoke the wonder of that's amazing, how do I do it? Mm. I bet I could do that. How do I do it? How can I make that happen? Um, it's all about, also about, uh, you know, that speaking of the water, walking water thing, right? Where Jesus invites, invites him to get out of the boat and he's doing fine walking on the water until he realizes there's a storm going around and he starts to sink, right? So what made him sink? Not that he didn't believe in Jesus, not that he didn't believe in himself, but he was impacted by what was going on around him, right? Um, I, I just, I just, uh, and, and then Jesus, the, the OU of little faith, I always hear that as, see what you can do with a little faith. Imagine what you could do if you had more. That's a really good spin on it. Right? And, and, and I just, I wish we heard the Easter story uh, more like that too, where instead of needing to have the certainty of um, how is Jesus alive, we need to have the details of how that's working. We're instead going to wonder at how amazing that is and hold on to that wonder mm-hmm. and use that wonder to question other things, to wonder about other That's why doubt is part of the journey of faith, right? Um, is that it's the thing that causes you to ask the questions that, that move your faith forward. Well, that's coming to Jesus as a child, really, like with questions. With, with wonder, yeah. With wonder yeah, yeah. and with a for million sure. questions. Anyone I, who's spent I absolutely time, think that's what that means, yeah, for sure. Anyone who's spent time with, with anyone under the age of five knows that you can be in awe and in wonder of something magnificent and also bring a thousand questions to it. And their questions, though, their questions are questions that come from innocence, Mm-hmm. Right or an innocent ignorance, curiosity. Uh, using that using that word in the most positive way that you can, or a curiosity that again comes from want to know, 
no agenda. Not just trying to know, disprove. Right? And so it's, yeah, you're not we're asking not, questions not to, to disprove it. You're not trying to cancel them. Nope. It's <laughs> not asking question. You're not asking the question in order to, um, in order to, uh, to, uh, um, make make the person look bad you're not asking the question to find out because you think you can use it a certain way because you've already decided how you can use that it's the wonder uh, that comes from the innocent wanting to know um and uh we're 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 not good at that we learn in fact i think how to not be good at that um which is why hearing jesus say you know you come to it as a child uh, mm-hmm. is is important um I suspect that was also one of the things. That, see, I okay. So, we we have these stories where Jesus appears to the disciples, and he says peace to you, and he breathes on them the spirit, and he tells them, you know, and that's the end of the story. Then I guess he, I assume, he just disappears again until he appears another time, um, and, which is so like all the other stories, right? Where we get the peace that the person telling the story wants us to hear in order to make their point. And I think, I think, so you're telling me Jesus appeared alive for the first time to the disciples and that entire exchange lasted less than five minutes. <laughs> I think he hung around all freaking day and they talked about everything. Uh, and, and I think a, a good portion of that might have been him just repeating stuff he'd already said to them just to remind them, see how much more important it is now. Mm-hmm. Right? See how much you can do this. It's not just, I wasn't just showing you stuff before and now you don't have to, like, uh, you can do this. Like, I think there was lots more conversation to that. Um, I, I can't imagine how there wasn't. But of course, all we get is the piece that's useful to the person telling the story. Yeah. Um, and useful to making the point that the person wants to make, which is, which is kind of, I think, why the stories all revolve around you know, being about reverence and, you know, why would Jesus have a sense of humor? Um, you know, why would you have a description of Jesus? Why describe the physical Jesus? You want to maintain that air, aura of mystery, right? That, that air of, I was going to say air of, and then I thought to myself, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if Jesus smelled a lot. Because, like, he would walked all the time, and they didn't really bathe, did they? So he probably smelled bad. Um, uh, Well, I don't want to say bad. I want to say smelled like somebody who walked a lot in an era when you didn't wear deodorant. Because, you know, that's not now is my point. Right? Um, And and I'm I'm the one who's always said stuff like, like, uh, so I know he walked a lot, but there's so many stories of Jesus stopping to eat with people. I do not imagine he was slim. (laughs) <laughs> and and I feel good about that because I'm not either. Um, I, I'm the one who's like, like, like last Sunday I had the knock-knock joke, right? Yeah. When, you know, Jesus appears in the room with the disciples and he says, knock-knock. He says, who's there? Jesus. Jesus who? How did you not know it was me? Um, and, like, I just think that there's, there is, um, the, the, the way we tell the stories emphasizes that divine aspect of Jesus, which is fine. It's just that it has led us to a point where we allow ourselves to hold Jesus at a distance, something, and I'm going to say thing, to be worshipped, um, to be, I'm going to use all the bad words, idolized, to be held at a distance, put on a pedestal, um, so that we have an out. We don't have to be Jesus because we can't. 
Yes, you can. That's why the physicality of the story is important. That's why Jesus saying, love one another as I have loved you, is important. That's why uh, I think maybe coming to the Bible stories with a little bit more of of a mind open to understanding that there was more to the context, there was more to the story. Mm. Um, that Jesus didn't just sort of smack people on the forehead, say, be healed, and they fell over and were, um, but that he took the time to actually find out what was really wrong and restore them, not turn them into something they weren't, not uh, make them something that they already weren't, but to restore them um, for themselves and... Uh, try to reconcile them with the the world around them. Um, I, I just I, I think we need more. We need more of that understanding that Jesus. Uh, you know, I just sorry. Just this also has just leapt into my mind. Uh, Rowan Atkinson, Mister Bean, does this great bit where he's he's. Uh, he comes out dressed as a, a clergyman and he's reading the scripture. And it's the story of the wedding at Cana. And he talks about how you know Jesus turned the water into wine and 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 um, the host of the party knew not whence from whence it had come, and so was there was this great wonder. He did not know where it had come from. And then he goes, but the kitchen staff did, and they applauded loudly. And asked him if he'd do another one. And so, and like, basically to get him to do tricks, mm-hmm. right? And it's really funny and really entertaining. Um, but thinking <laughs> past how funny and entertaining it is, how often do we, is, is that not how we treat the miracle stories? That was an amazing trick, Jesus. I could never do that. And the point of the miracle stories is, isn't that at all? It's not, it's, I don't think it's to, to demonstrate the awesome and mighty power of Jesus that is so beyond us that we could not possibly understand it. That's why we call it a miracle. I think instead it's to show us we too are miraculous, mm-hmm. that we can do that too. And I don't think it's like feeding the 5,000. I don't think that that's, that's explaining it away as saying Jesus inspired others to share. I don't think that's explaining it away. I think that's an amazing miracle. Do I have any idea how Jesus managed to turn water into wine? I do not. I wish I did. I would never have to go to the liquor store again. But um, I do, uh, but, but I, I, I don't think that's the point. I think, I think the, the, the bigger point is, is how we should care and how we should uh, wonder and be involved in, and, uh, you know, I don't think he sat off by himself. I think he was part of the party. I think he was having a good time. And, and also, I think more importantly too, is to let it impact your living. Yeah. So it's not just how we live. Like, yeah, we need to approach it with wonder, but it's also not just something that's like, that's an interesting story. This is something that can literally um, inform your living. And, and if you exactly. choose to, to hold it as, yeah. you know, this is someone I want to follow it's not and about, emulate. Yeah, it's, it's not, I'm, I'm not just going to be that when I dress up nice and go and sit in a pew on Sunday morning. I'm going to be it every day. 
And that's yeah. that's the whole point of the thing about um, the the uh, new covenant uh, in Jeremiah, right? That we we interpret Jesus as being this new covenant, where the days are surely coming, says the Lord, um, when I will write a new covenant and I will write it on their hearts. Mm-hmm. Right. The point of that is that we live it in everything. Like it's it's it infuses everything. It's part of everything. It's not just a spiritual thing that we do when we set aside a few moments each day to meditate or pray or you know on Sunday morning when we go to church. It's not about that at all. That's that's the edge of it. The real part of it is that it is in our living every day in yeah. how we treat ourselves and how we treat others and how we treat the world. I don't know why I chose to put them in that order, but I don't think there is an order there. I think they're all equitable. Um, and and uh, I think that's also why Jesus is so all about and, not or, right? Je- Jesus isn't about contrasting either or. He's about and. Well, because and is an inclusive word. Mm-hmm. It draws things together, right? And so when you put all of these things together, it, it, it to me... Um, again, it's why the physical uh, presence of Jesus in the resurrection story is important, is because we too are physical. We are not just spiritual, and we may not dismiss our need to live that spirituality through into our physicalness. Um, we embrace Jesus, and because we do, then we become hands and feet just like Jesus. Um, we become... Uh, we become Jesus, right? Jesus is alive. Yeah. Amen. That's a great place to wrap this up, I think, Robin. And it, it's a, a great place to enter into this, the rest of this season of Easter that we're For sure. in. And we've got Earth Day coming up where we're going to be yeah. thinking about our relationship with the... Um, the environment and our, and the world, the, the rest of the physical world around us in terms of the planet and not just so others. So glad you mentioned that. The rest of humanity. Yeah, glad you mentioned that because I think it's also important to remember that when we say stuff like we are both divine and human, human is perhaps the wrong word to use there. It's better to say, I think, divine and of the earth, right? That's mm. what Adam means more or less. Yeah. Is it means of the earth. And in these stories, in the biblical story, um, all that is, is created by the Spirit of God. Human beings are created by the Spirit in the image of God, but of the earth, right? We're created from what has already been created. We have an intimate relationship with the earth, and and we lose that so quickly. In fact, yeah. we probably lose that the moment we put shoes on, right? But the moment we lose touch, with the ground, with the earth, um, and and it's so it's I think it's even more than just the physicalness of Jesus as being about an expression about our humanity. It's also about our connectedness to the earth, to yeah. all that is, not just each other. Yeah, more wise words to contemplate as we hopefully move into this season. And it's spring of spring. Yeah, <laughs> I was just gonna say and. Hopefully the, the the season of, as you were saying at the beginning, the springtime or the Sunday morning of this pandemic journey that we will undoubtedly eventually emerge from and into a season of new life. For sure. Which is the Easter story. 
Um, this has been awesome. Thank you, Robin. Thanks, Ben. And uh, just for our listeners to be aware, we're going to be uh, putting out a great new uh, guest episode two weeks from now. So that'll be April 30th. Um, and our guest is going to be someone from the organization called Ubuntu, uh, which you uh, made this connection. Do you want to say anything about the, their work or the organization? They're, they're actually quite specifically in central Alberta. Um, they support diversity and inclusiveness. They support Black Lives Matter and, uh, and, and most importantly, education with educational programming uh, and in communities. And mm -hmm. uh, they've been doing some really awesome stuff. I'm glad that you're able to talk to somebody from yeah, there. Yeah, I'm excited for that. That, that conversation is going to be recorded on Earth Day, actually, on the 22nd of April, and then we'll post that on the 30th. So a new episode every second Friday is our schedule this year. And uh, alternating back and forth between these conversations of you and I, Robin, and uh, conversations with a special guest. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, if you didn't already hear the conversation with Brady Wilson from two weeks ago, our last episode, that was a great one. You can check that out at risingspiritministry.com or on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're not already subscribed to Six Ways from Sunday, please hit that subscribe button. You can also leave us a rating or a review, which helps get us out to a wider audience and share these episodes, any of them uh, that you enjoyed with your friends and family. Thank you so much, all of you, for joining us today on Six Ways from Sunday podcast and also to you, Robin. Thanks again. Thanks, Ben.